0: Fallout, a news podcast with Geeks by Geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland.
1: Well, hello fellow podcast listener. Welcome to Geek Fall Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for Geeks by Geeks. I am your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and joining me is my co-host in crime mr kevin decent how's it going kevin
2: it is going well chris um excited to talk about the the
1: week in geek a couple weeks in geek excellent
0: i'm
2: trying to think of a good way to put it here
1: um and we have lillian with us this evening miss lillian or mrs lillian canelson sorry um she is married gentlemen so sorry um lillian canelson how's it going (laughs) lillian
3: much better now. Um, we're having... I apologize to anyone listening if my sound is dumb. Apparently, my computer hates me. That's okay. So.
1: And, and who knows? <laughs> it, maybe it's a Skype thing. Who, who knows? Who knows? Um, all right. So, uh, So this is Geek Fallout Reloaded. The, I should say the bi-weekly news and discussion podcast for Geeks by Geeks. Because, yeah, we, we come out every couple weeks. Um... So let's kick off this episode with, unfortunately, our in-memoriam segment. Um, I like to do this segment first, just to kind of get the, you know, like the bad news out of the way, uh, first and foremost. Um, first up, uh, Canadian actor, uh, Gordon Pinsent passed away at the age of 92. Um... He uh, was a guest, uh, like, he, he, you've seen this guy. He, he, he's a famous uh, Newfoundland actor uh, on Canadian television, and he, he also acted in the, in the States on some productions. Um,
3: Anybody who's seen Due South knows
1: who he is. Yes, and he, and he also uh, was a guest, frequent guest on the Red Green show. Um, but honestly, for me, Probably where I remember him the most is he was the voice of Babar, uh, yep. on the oh. the, an, the animated series Babar. He was Babar the elephant. Um, yeah. So he was I can't
3: a- listen to that. that uh, talk to Babar without crying. Just happy tears, like you know, it's just it's such a good show. Was it?
1: Yeah, I loved that show as a kid. I remember my mom hated it for some reason, but I, I don't know. I always liked watching it. I always liked Babar. Um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Gordon Pinsent passed away at the age of 92. Um, next up, uh, Tom Sizemore. He, he was an American actor. He passed away at the age of 61 on March 3rd. Um, due to a brain aneurysm. Um, Tom Sizemore, uh, uh, unfortunately, he had some substance abuse problems uh, in his life. Um, I think he was on one of them. Was it Celebrity Rehab or one of those shows, I think, at some point? Um, Something like that. Yeah, but I remember him best. Celebrity Rehab. Yeah. I remember him best as uh, uh, I can't remember his character's name, but Saving Private Ryan. Um, you know, he was Tom Hanks's right hand man in that. Uh, he was in a
3: lot, lot of, of war movies, like he was in a lot of everything.
1: Yeah, and he 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 really was a good actor. I caught
3: down
0: Pearl Harbor, like.
1: Yeah, and I think he he you know he's done some some. Fun, like I know, I think he's on an episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I haven't got to that episode yet, but I I saw uh, something on YouTube with him in it. So, like he, he he's done some some funny stuff too. But yeah, he's a he's a great, or you know, was a great dramatic actor. And um, you know, unfortunately, you know, in the l- latter years of his life, he got known for, you know his substance abuse, and, and it's, you know, very unfortunate. Uh, but he was a great actor, you know, when, when he was on his game. And only 61. Like, that, to me, that's that's so young. Like, that's, I don't know. I always thought he was older than that, but, I you know, I guess he wasn't. Um, but, uh, Kev, wh- what are your thoughts on, on Tom Sizemore? Oh, I mean you're absolutely
2: right. Sixty one seems too young, but it's uh. God, I can't remember the cliche quote. It's not. It's not the. It's not the make. It's the miles. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, got nothing to do with him being sixty one. It's got to do with how hard he lived his life. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately, because uh, he. What was it? He was in care for a few days. Like it, it, it was common for a couple of days before he actually passed. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, most of the stuff I was seeing was not about his acting or his numerous roles. It was well, look at what he did. It, almost like people are saying he deserved it. And I yeah. just, you know, i I can't stand that social media. Spin of you know, let me be negative about this terrible thing happening to someone else to in order to make myself feel bu- better. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I,
1: and yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you, Kev. It's unfortunate that you know that becomes the focus. And the thing and the thing of it is, is um, you know, I hate to get too serious, um, but I really do believe addiction is a disease. And unfortunately, it's a oh. disease that he was un- afflicted with, you know. So, uh, unfortunately, it got the better of him. I mean, who knows? I mean, he could have been, you know, the healthiest guy, never drank a day in his life, and still had a brain aneurysm at 61. We don't, we don't know. Like, it, oh. you know, it's likely his, his, his lifestyle played a part in it. But, you know, at the same time, maybe it didn't. We, we really don't know. And it's really not fair to, to judge people that way, right? And and you're right about because I absolutely believe it as
2: a disease as well for you know, whatever the the addiction is for that person. Yep. Yeah. I and may, maybe my brain just thinks differently. But I cannot imagine waking up going, huh. I finally got my life back together. You know what I really want to do? Fuck it all up all over again. Mm-hmm. Let me go after this thing that's going to do that all over again.
0: Yeah,
2: like I I can't imagine that being a conscious thought. No, so I do think you know there's there's an addiction. There's a element of it not under conscious control. I'll say. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's isn't. Justifying or forgiving, or, or, you know, under the table, anything that people do, you know, for this or anything,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's just my way of understanding it.
0: Yeah,
3: but it's also a proven thing. Um, people who are struggling, um, they have less impulse control, and so when you think of what celebrities deal with. Stress-wise, they deal with money on a level that most of us could never imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, loneliness, because you never know sometimes who your real friends are. And half the time, addiction just becomes a way of coping. It, it becomes a mechanism to help with the constant overstimulation and overwhelm. And, and nobody, I think, thinks that they're going to go do something and, and screw up their life. But I think they're just looking for something to end what feels like a very screwed up life or at least a portion of it you know and I don't think any of us could ever understand what a person's going through Um, especially when on the outside looking in you look at it and go well if it was me I'd I'd kill to have half of what they have you know
1: Uh, yeah well it's definitely uh, for some some people um, you know it's a form of self medication um, and, and the thing is, and it might not even be due to their celebrity. It could be something, a, a different trauma that they suffered in their lives, you know, that, uh, they just unfortunately never dealt with, but sorry, Kev, I, I cut you off. What were you, what were you, you going to
2: say? No, no. I mean, we're, we're so far onto a different thing here. <laughs> not, it's, not it's all to good. It more, it's all good. And, and I'm not saying that like. What I'm going through is the same as someone with, you know, horrible addiction, mm-hmm. but just, again, trying to understand how the mind works. Um, so over the last year, I realized I, I have a gluten intolerance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If I eat something, it will make me horribly, horribly sick for uh, two days at least for sure. No, that's not the same as a a drug addiction or anything like that. No. But I know it's going to make me sick. I know I'm probably going to have to call out of work for a day, if not two days for sure. And yet I'll be sitting there going, boy, that cake that got brought out for dessert tonight looks really good. Mm -hmm. I bet I, I can have a little and be okay. I can have some of it, and I'll be okay. It won't happen again, and then it does and I can't have a little yeah and and then and then I'm wrecked for two days yeah and I'll oh, I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again. And then you know a couple of weeks months later I'm like, well, you know, it's been a while. I'm sure my body kicked whatever that problem is. I can do it again, <laughs> yep. So if I'm doing that with food, just because I want to have, you know, cake, a cookie, uh, you know, stuffing with, you know, Thanksgiving dinner or something like that. And not that food can't be addicting, but, you know, it's not drugs or alcohol. So if I'm already at that level for something
1: lesser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you, you definitely have an understanding of, of what they're going through. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Like with me, um, you know, my blood sugar. You know, I have to. I had to cut back, and my 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 addiction, for lack of a better term, is sweets. Like I I love, you know, chocolate bars and cake, and you know, like you, like you said there, Kev, like. Um, and, and so I, I have to really, I have to really watch myself and I really cut back on my sweets because my blood sugar levels were way too high. And my doctor was like, this isn't good. Like you, you're, you know, you need to, you need to change. So, and, and it is hard because like, yeah, you go to the grocery store you know, pick, you know, pick, go grab your groceries or whatever. And you go to the checkout counter and, that's where they literally have the chocolate bars. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like, you know, especially when they're on sale and it's like, damn it, you know, I just want to, you know, buy a bunch, you know, some chocolate bars and call it a day. So for, for like, you know, for an alcoholic, you know, like I can only imagine, you know, you go out to a, you know, a nice dinner and everyone around you drinking wine or beer or whatever, how hard that would be. Um, and for someone like, you know, I think it
3: depends on where you're at. Like my little brother's an alcoholic and when he came out of rehab, he basically had a PowerPoint presentation to show the family that was like, this is my issue. Mm -hmm. I am an alcoholic. I will always be an alcoholic. However, you do not have to stop living your life because of me. So don't be afraid to have alcohol the house I will hold myself accountable however we still made the choice whenever he's around to not actively drink around him yeah in a way that would make him feel not included right um, but he was very clear that this is something he has to battle with his whole life oh yeah so this is not something that you're suddenly cured of like you have to all it's always in your head like the fact that some you know that's why people when they relapse it's like clean for 50 years and then all of a sudden some life happens and boom right
1: yeah Yeah. oh yeah no i i and and kudos to your family for for doing that and and for him like good good for him that you know he's you know he also
3: recently got diagnosed with adhd um, and realized that a lot of it was he was self-medicating in inappropriate Mm. ways because he didn't know how to handle his brain so thankfully now he knows when he's overwhelmed and overstimulated and he has a really awesome sister who helps him.
1: So nice. That's, that's always good. <laughs> but, uh, no that, no, that, that's great. Um, and yeah, like for me, yeah, it's, you know, it's got, you know, one, one day at a time, I guess, like, you know, as they say, but anywho, anywho. Um, that's all I have for In Memoriam. Uh, so I think we could, uh, move on to our news, uh, for this, uh, bi-week podcast. And I think it was last week or the week before, uh, the Dilbert comic strip is being dropped by a lot (laughs) of major newspapers due to racist remarks about black people made by strip creator Scott Adams. Um, to be honest, the shocking news for me was that Dilbert was still a thing. I had no idea (laughs) that he was still making this comic strip. Like, to be honest with you, it was never one of my favorite comic strips. Like when I used to read the comic section of the newspaper, but to be honest, like it's been so long since I actually picked up a regular newspaper. Like I, I pick up my local, which comes out every week, but the daily newspaper thing, I haven't God, it's got to be at least 10 years plus since I've picked up a daily newspaper. Um, Even at work. Like, no one brings the newspaper to work anymore. Um, Like, it used to be, you know, if I went to work and someone had brought the paper in, I would, you know, flip through it if, you know, no one was reading it. But even then, like, even now, no one does it anymore. So I had no idea Dilbert was still a thing. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't know, like you got to watch what you say. Like, I, like, you know, like from what I understand, he was commenting on an article, um, about black people. And he was, um, giving his two cents on agreeing with the article, I think, but you you really got to, you know, you got to watch what you say, man. Like, you know, like this, you know, whatever, you know, if you, if you think a certain way, you got to realize, you know, your, your words will come back to haunt you, especially like cause he was doing this on like a video social media blog or something. Um, or I think it was his YouTube channel. I think he's got a YouTube channel and, and so he's doing this on a public forum His comic strip is still going on. It's still, you know, syndicated, and how many newspapers? Like, why would you say something so stupid? You know, like...
3: I I like the way you put that. Why would you say something
1: Well, (laughs) like... Like... I I don't know. Especially, like, now... It's
3: because we're giant people we don't have that big of a platform you would assume that you would watch your words if you have that big of a platform you would assume that
1: well and I mean I mean, not even uh, uh, like in terms of platforms and stuff um, just your employment like for, for me for example I know my, my employer um, if I were to go on social media for example, and make this absolutely racist rant or whatever, my employer would probably, you know, some someone in my, uh, part of my, you know, the company I work for would probably see this and I would probably get in trouble if not fired, if, you know, if I say certain things, um, even in a, even if I wasn't serious, if, it, you know, if it was insensitive, um, you, you really got to watch what you say and do, um, in, in public. Like, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not a syndicated, you know, cartoonist or anything, but, you know, if I had this, you know, comic strip and, you know, it's famous and obviously he has, or had his fans. Now, now, it's tainted like now, you know, if there's, I imagine there's probably like Dilbert fans out there that are not happy right now. And, and I, and I don't blame them. Like, I don't know. I, I don't understand. Kevin, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. All right. So he's been known to kind of be a piece of shit for
2: a while oh, Okay, now. And I watched, I I watched this latest rant and he like ever since it came out, he's just trying to double down on stuff. No apology, no I, you know, I misspoke, I misinterpreted, I whatever. He is just absolutely no, I said the correct thing and this is what I believe and I'm completely in the right. Mm -hmm. And he I'm trying to think if I can get this exactly right. He's saying that he saw a study of something like black people don't want help from white people, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, then I'm just done with black people in general. I won't help you. I won't do anything for you. I'll leave you alone. In fact, I leave black people so alone when I bought my house, I made sure to buy it in a community where no black people lived. It's like, oh, you, you, you looked that up there when you were buying a house? Yikes. Okay. Yeah. And then he just keeps going. Now, let's say I live in the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. and I hate super powered beings. And I do something that I've made myself wealthy. But I just decided to do interviews where I say how much I don't like superpowered beings. I don't know every person that I work for or that buys my things or is a member of the company I work for or who their children are or anything like that. I could be offending a lot of people Mm -hmm. that, Give me money in one way or another by saying I don't like superpowered beings. So it might be smart for me to just keep my mouth shut. But what if I really hate them? How much do I really have to hate them to say something still? Yeah. So how much does Scott Adams really have a problem with black people? How much does J.K. Rowling really have a problem with trans people when neither of them could just shut up? And keep their money. Yeah. Like, no one's forcing them to say anything. But they really got to get their shitty opinions out and lose millions. Yep. Yeah. It just makes me feel like some of these people, their opinions are even worse than we realize. And this is the toned Down rant.
1: See, I never really... Investigated the J.K. Rowling thing too much. Like, from what I understand, she just said something to the effect that trans athletes shouldn't compete in whatever sport that they identify as. I think.
3: Well, that one's not so, like, that's not too. That one I understand when you come to the biological side of that and hormones and things. Like, that's an entirely different thing. However, most people have a problem with her funding. Um, organizations that are conversion therapy orientated and voicing support for people who actively think like that. Oh, I think okay. that's where people get frustrated because, <clears throat> I mean, to be honest, her books are not very deep. <laughs> um, the number of funny memes I found about the fact she like she named her only Chinese character Cho Chang, like, the Irish one is Seamus. Like, there's just a lot of stereotyping. So people have issues with tiny little things. But when you add in a bigger picture, that's where people get frustrated. Oh, okay. it's not so much one comment she's made. It's the fact that she continually does things that even if she said, I have no tr- problem with trans people, I have an issue with, you know, them competing in sports when there's no regulations. That's different. It's it's when things otherwise, like just supporting people who actively are hurting a community, like mm-hmm. it's just have a platform that big. I mean, it's just you have such a such
2: like great power responsibility. Right? Yeah. Not well, I mean, there there are companies and stores and stuff here in the states that it's known that they use their money for lobbying certain things I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. You know, here's the ones that have lobbied a ton of money to try to get gay marriage banned. I'm not going to shop at your store anymore. Yeah. Like, there might be good people working for this company. I'm not saying everyone thinks this, but I can decide to not spend my money there anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, I I see the damage you're doing. And and her with her platform there, you know, um, and and she tries to, again, double down as well. But, you know, she'll say, oh, I I put so much work into names and I really researched these things deeply. And then she comes out with her first novel, quote, for adults, and she doesn't want rolling on it. She wants, you know, adults to read it and not come in with preconceived notions. So she has this random name on there, and it turns out the last name is also the name of one of the harshest anti-trans. It wasn't uh, even
3: just a a random name. The the name that she
2: picked. Yeah.
3: Known, like, anti-LGBT conversion therapist. Like,
2: doctor or something, I think. Yeah, so clearly the name's chosen on purpose. Hmm. It wasn't random, but then she'll, she'll bullshit her way around that, too, you know? Yeah that that she is my biggest art from the artist because there's a you know just just younger than me there's a generation of now adults that that mm-hmm. was their thing oh yeah um you know. I live on Harry Potter fan
3: fiction still <laughs> I am not ashamed of that but I mean my son's read the books eight times it's what got him through the darkest point of yeah like she made for some things like Really hard, especially you guys have how probably seen like people Hogwarts game being all like, how could you spend money on that, support that? People yeah. are like, this, is dope, this yeah. is my childhood. this is, this is happiness. Like, give me a break. They're they're passing a, a law like the Tennessee where you know trans kids have to, de- they're they're just now legal. You're arguing over a video game,
1: like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta separate the art from the artist. You know. It it was the same, you know, Michael Jackson um Bill Cosby. You know, that that was probably the toughest one for me was Bill Cosby. But uh yes my my uh son in law, he's a huge Harry Potter fan. And um and he says the new, the game's good, the new game, so but yeah, like that—that's for. Why for, oh, for...
3: didn't they give children access to unforgivable curses in the game? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but no, I, I give my kid unforgivable curses all the time. Just <laughs> I, I, I have a bowl of them in the house. You know, if he's running around, if he just needs to grab one, go ahead. You don't need to ask permission. It's how.
1: All right. Um... <laughs> So, uh, moving on to the next uh, news item I have. Funko pops in trouble. uh Apparently, yeah. <laughs> apparently oh, there's going to... I don't know about this. Oh,
3: this is great.
1: Yeah, apparently, there's going to be layoffs <clears throat> and possibly dumping $30 million of merchandise. Um, uh-huh. What? Funko where, sa- where, are they d- where are they dumping it, Chris? In, in a Please land? don't
3: tell me it's like Atari in a landfill. Yeah. Yep. I, oh, my God.
1: Um, apparently Funko sales at a loss in 2022 and experiencing, pro- they are experiencing problems at their new distribution center. Uh, yeah. From what I understand, they got so much merchandise that they cannot move, that they are seriously going to throw it in a landfill. And I'm, and I'm told this has also uh, happened. Yeah. This has also happened with Magic the Gathering. Like, um...
3: Like Funko comes out with so many things and not all of it's going to be a big seller. Like we just picked up a Neo in the Dollarama and my husband was like, Oh my God, a Neo. But at the same time, like unless it's in a Dollarama half the time, we don't buy them.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, I think, uh, from what I've, what I've heard with magic, the gathering and with, with Funko, uh, what happened was during the pandemic, they experienced like a boost in sales because people were at home. You know, a lot of people were doing their Amazon shopping. You know, people um, were playing, you know, a lot of magic games or whatever. Um, so people were buying, you know, collecting because, you know, they're sitting at home, nothing, you know, much to do. I, I know like m- myself, I experienced that because I I got into collecting uh, Funko uh, Masters of the Universe, I, you know, during the pandemic, I I bought... Oh, I can't even remember how many of those I bought. Um, all the ones that were available, I, I pretty much bought. Um, and now that the pandemic's over, you know, I don't know, people, the demand isn't there anymore. I mean, you can only have so much shelf space. Like, there's only, you know, <laughs> like... Even I had to put a stop to this, you know, like I'm like, "Eh, I got too many Funkos, you know, I got to, you know, I got to stop. And then, yeah, it it, stuff's not moving. So, yeah, apparently they're going to, yeah, do the, uh, you know, E.T. Atari thing and start dumping on landfills. Um, So, yeah, that's, you know, unfortunate. So I'm kind of interested, yeah, because I'm going to the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo at the end of April. So I'm kind of interested to see how the Funkos, because I know like even at the Edmonton Expo uh, in September, there were dealers selling Funkos for pretty cheap. Um, So I'm kind of interested to see what it's going to be like this year going to Calgary if people are going to be, you know, trying to offload these things. On on the on the cheap, uh, but uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on on this news?
2: Uh, so apparently, they just they
1: overproduce so
2: many, they're spending a fortune on storage mm-hmm. for all of it. So the decision was made: get rid of them. Well, they didn't want to just you know drop the price considerably. Like let's just sell them for a dollar. Each just get them out of here do something Mm -hmm. because the thought was if you do that then it lowers the value of some of the other ones out there
0: Mm.
2: so they don't want their whole collecting trading reselling industry to collapse from them flooding it with 30 to 35 million dollars worth of unwanted ones apparently then because of that they can't send them to stores that cheap so that eliminates other things like oh hey what if you sent all of that to like children's hospitals Mm -hmm. or or, or anything like here's a bunch of here's millions of dollars of free toys for kids that they would probably open up and play with and then that doesn't affect your market value for the other ones but nope they can't do that either so they're just going to dump them all write it off and get rid of it Um, And people are like, oh, Funko Pops are the Beanie Babies of the 2000s. I mean, yeah, probably. And if you like them, get them. I had a bunch. I got rid of a lot of them through my local comic store. I have like four or five still. And it's ones that, oh, you know, my mom got me this one, so I'll keep it. You know, I have a handful just because they're kind of nice. And someone got it for me, and it means something. The rest are gone. I I don't care. But any somewhat entertainment, pop culture, connected store anywhere has at least one, if not two walls of them. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been flooded. There's so damn many. And, you know, I know people that will go and they'll find, like, the one thing for the thing that they like. And that's it. I know there's also collectors for it, but most people are like, oh, I like this TV show. Here's Funko Pop for that TV show. That's cool.
3: But I they also be- do different variations. They'll be like, I think I've got like a, a four different Deadpools, seven different Batmans. Yep. And, or spider but it, it gets a little bit much, you know.
2: Well, also, I, I mean, what are they now? Like 15 each?
3: Around there, like fifteen to twenty-five, depending.
2: They're not worth. I've got.
3: Oh, okay. So I've got about four hundred dollars of the Sailor Moon Funko Pops sitting beside. <laughs> um, but to be fair, a friend of mine was moving and couldn't bring them, so I bought them off of her at a discount.
1: Nice. But I mean,
3: I have friends who have walls of these things.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Oh. I mean, ours Sailor Moons aren't out of their box, but that's because they stack nicely. All the others are out, and kids can play with them.
1: Otherwise, Yeah, I got it.
2: I'm like five bucks each.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, like for myself, like I said, during the pandemic, I got into collecting the, the Masters of the Universe, and I had them on my shelf in my living room for the longest time, and then I was like, yeah, I want to change it up. So now they're in. Uh, container in my spare room, um, but even just yeah, like where I'm recording right now, because I'm in my bedroom. Uh, I have a shelf, and I got the Joker from 1989 Batman Funko. I got a Modok Funko. I got Marco from Saga Funko. I got Khan from Star Trek: The Original Series Funko, and then I got the Sh- I got Shredder from uh, the original Eastman and Laird comic book Funko, and then I got Superman from China, like he's wearing like a Chinese Superman outfit, like a like a, almost hey, you like.
3: You gotta please send me a photo of
1: that. Yeah, it's like a samurai looking. Here, I'll I'll take a picture right now and send it to you. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's yeah, I, I I can definitely understand them flooding the market and. It needs to. It needs to stop.
3: My company, the company I work for, they were expecting because during the pandemic they had a huge spike in online sales, and they structured themselves expecting that to stay. And we just did a mass layoff because of it, because people aren't buying like they used to.
1: Yeah. So I, I. Okay, that's gorgeous.
3: I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I sent it to to the to the group text, but uh, yeah, Hot. the because and the ones I have out out in my living room right now, like I got Superman Blue, I got that uh, it's still in the original package. Um, Shazam from the first Shazam movie because I love Captain the original Captain Marvel. Um. Yeah, I, I have. Uh, yeah there's worse things I could be spending my money on. That's why I always tell my wife when I get a new Funko, but I have been buying less. I have less. an issue with squish <laughs> Yeah. My, my daughter loves those things. Um,
3: I accidentally bought another one yesterday.
2: It followed y'all.
3: To be fair, it was a small one. It was $10. It's name is Bastian, and the three-year-old loves it.
1: I'm like oh,
3: the giant one named
1: Darwin. But I mean, <laughs> we
3: have like 30 different
1: things. Have you guys seen those, um, itty bitties? They're like Funko's, but they're, um, like, uh, like a st- cross between a stuffy and like a beanie baby? No. Um, oh. our, our, uh, drug store. like again like funko they they have licenses for lots of different things like uh, uh, at our local drugstore, because they have a whole bunch i I've, I've bought a bunch for my granddaughter um like they have like sesame street characters they have star trek the next generation characters there like there was a q and a gyne um oh what else i bought oh,
3: i think i own some of those
1: yeah I bought. Yeah, they're kind of plush, right yeah like, I, I bought my I bought grand...
3: Right now?
1: Yeah, I... Br- yeah, they're called itty-bitties, I think. Um,
3: it's an itty-bitty. Oh, my God! They have a dialect! I'm sorry. I'm shopping. Yep. Yeah, they... they,
1: they, they no. They're they're kind of like the Funkos only... Yeah, like, they're, like, stuffies instead. Like, they have... Guys. They have so many different licenses.
3: They've got a Neo. Um,
1: yeah, so I got I kind of got into the habit of buying those for my granddaughter because you know she's little still, and they're small enough that she can like play with them and, and 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 yeah, not swallow them. So that's good. Um, but again, yeah, it's a it's a it's a rabbit hole. Um, but anywho, uh, Funko and Magic the Gathering, unfortunately, uh, going through some. Some tough times. Um, all right, so the last bit of news uh, that I have is uh, we're, I'm calling it Slapgate. Um, so it's been almost a year since Will Smith uh, smacked the uh, um, Chris Rock uh, at the Oscars. And he just recently, I think it was this last weekend, had a Netflix comedy special slash live stream, um, where you know he was he in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. I want to say he was one of those one of those cities, and uh, he was doing a stand up. And I guess like the last, you know, five minutes or whatever, he kind of went on a rant talking about you know um, getting slapped and some people are 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 praising him for for you know speaking out but then some people are saying eh, he went a little too far cuz i think he calls jada like a bitch and he calls out will smith um and i don't i don't know i'm kind of like uh, i don't blame him for you know lashing out because i mean it was you know like a, what will smith did was not right and for you know kudos to chris rock for you know like if i if i got slapped out in a public forum i don't know if i would have handled it as as eloquently as as he did you know um and i mean he could have pressed charges against will smith and he didn't um and, and I know Will Smith has since apologized, like, not to, not to him personally. Like, he didn't go to uh, Chris Rock and apologize to him. He did it on his social media and, of course, tried to defend himself at the same time. So, to me, it didn't seem genuine. You know, it wasn't – I don't know. It, it's just kind of a mess. So, I, I don't know. Um you know, for for this Chris Rock comedy special, I kind of don't blame him for for lashing out and and I mean, like, no offense to Jada Pinkett Smith, but I kind of think he's not wrong about her, just from what I've seen. Um. And and, and the thing is, like, when when uh, you go anywhere, uh where there's comedians and stuff like, and you're sitting in the front row or whatever, you got to expect, you know, like someone's going to call you out. Right. Um, and like, I I guess my wife and I were talking about this tonight. Um, at my company Christmas party, we had a couple of comedians, uh, this last Christmas, uh, that was at our company Christmas party. And for my company Christmas party, I bought, um, a Clark Griswold Chicago Blackhawks jersey because they were, you know, there's some, it, it showed up on my Facebook that this, you know, you could buy this Chicago Blackhawks jersey that has Griswold on the back, um, just like the one he wore in the movie, uh, Christmas Vacation. So, like, you know what? Instead of buying, you know, a, a nice shirt for my Christmas party, I'm just going to buy this because it's a brand new jersey. That's cool. Um, So I wore this, you know, this Blackhawks jersey to my Christmas party. Of course, the comedian, you know, sees me and, like, you know, starts making some some jokes and stuff. And I played along. You know, it's like, you know, I, I brought the attention on myself. I wore a Blackhawks jersey to a company Christmas party. You know, obviously, you know, he's seen that and wanted to, you know, play on that. And, I, you know you got to expect to be, you know, he's going to gravitate towards that. And, and, you know, and I mean, he wasn't crude or anything to me. Um, but I mean, I could have been a dick. I could have been like, well, you know, but I mean, if you're going to see a comedian or, you know, comedians presenting or whatever, he could, you know, like you gotta expect people are going to say stuff. Um, so like, you know Chris Rock, you know G.I. Jane. Can't wait to see it. You know, like it, to me, he wasn't being offensive to Jada. Like he said, like he didn't he didn't know about this whole alopecia thing. Uh, he just she had a shaved head. Some some women shave their heads. You know, it was a, it was a G.I. Jane joke. It was it was it wasn't even that funny of a joke. Like it, I I don't understand. Other than, uh, you know, she gave Will Smith the side eye and then he had to act because uh, if you, if you look at the footage, Will Smith is laughing as soon as he said that joke. So he was with it until Jada looked at him and then it was like, well, I guess I got to go up and cause my, you know, my wife told, you know, was not happy. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm I'm kind of with Chris Rock on this, uh, uh, but w- what are you guys' thoughts? That I don't know if you guys seen the the jokes or the footage of the. I I haven't watched the special myself, so I can't really speak too much to it. Um, but I really don't. Miss it all over the <laughs> yeah. So so Lillian, what are your thoughts on this this whole Chris Rock situation?
3: I mean I saw an article where it was talking about, you know, Will Smith and it was, you know, the anniversary coming up of the slap and it's perfectly timed with the Chris Rock's comedy thing and it just I think it's all ridiculous and celebrity stupidity, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You should never hit someone plain and simple, but I think that it's they're just making money off it.
1: Oh yeah, and I I think kudos to him. Like honestly like uh, you know, like I said, like, I mean, he had the opportunity to press charges if he wanted, like he could have done like a, you know, an interview like the next week and, you know, he could have wrote a book, you know, or did whatever on this and, and just totally capitalize on it. But he, he he kept it, you know, kind of kept his head about it. And then, yeah, like he's doing this comedy special. It's like, you know what, let let's let's capitalize on it finally. Um, Kevin, what what are your thoughts on this situation? <clears throat> All right, so I've not seen the whole special. I've seen
2: like some clips come up on, you know, TikTok or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Chris Rock has been a comedian actor, stand-up comedian, etc. for what, probably 30 years. Going yep. back to SNL. Yep. So, he has this crazy thing happen in front of millions. And everyone wants to talk to them about it. Well, it makes sense from a business perspective. Hey, everyone's going to want to hear what I have to say about it. Why not wait and have this be my next comedy special, which I'm contractually obligated to do anyways, and make a fortune off of it? Yep. And then I have this time to debate what I'm going to say and how I'm going to go about it. Oh, he called her a bitch. Okay, he probably thought of every word he could think of and decided that that was the funniest or best word to use in that spot there. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not coming up with this top of his head. He's crafted and recrafted and broken this whole, you know, special part and rewrote the jokes a hundred times. Um. I've I have no problem with anything Chris Rock does for any of it so far to this point. There could be a point of like, okay you know, go somewhere and sit down and shut up. Like I'm tired of hearing about it. But for now, fine with it. Yeah. We'll see what the Jada we know are clearly odd, weird, whatever. And you're right. He laughed at that first and then looked over and you could see the the joy go out of his eyes where it's like Now I got to do something. She's going to make me do something. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Like, you you could just see everything fade away from him. Um. And, I mean, uh, did the Oscars? No, the Oscars take place in a week or two, I think. Yeah. But, like, I I don't remember anything else from last year, and that's sad. (laughs) I'm sure someone got an award that absolutely deserved it. Someone made a beautiful speech, and some you know there's some musical thing i i don't remember any of it you remember the stupid freaking slap forever
1: the slap and then the fact that he won like that same night like it yeah. totally tarnished his win like
2: uh it tarnishes it tarnishes him too
1: it 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 does um and it's funny like i was just thinking about will smith the the other day cuz i was listening to get jiggy with it Probably my favorite Will Smith song that he did, um, and uh, it got me thinking about this. And then, yeah, I, I was completely oblivious till I seen them talking about this on Entertainment Tonight. I was like, "Oh, interesting." Um, I don't know. Uh, there's worse things a guy can do, but yeah, I like to publicly slap. Like, I mean, that's that's never violence is never the answer um especially on on uh the national stage like that or international stage uh cuz i remember when it happened i heard something like i seen on facebook about it and then i had to i went on youtube while the oscars were still on and watched the feed from australia i think they were showing it like the australian news picked it up cuz i mean it was the next day there already um and so that's how I was able to see it, because um, I can't remember. Or maybe I was watching a hockey game or something. I don't know. I, I missed it. Um, but you know, it's just you know, it, I don't know. I'm with the I'm with uh, Chris Rock on this one. Unless uh, unless it, you know something else bad was said during the comedy. I haven't watched it. Yet. I don't even know if I am going to watch it. To be honest with you, but you know, given that, you know. That, and he's talking about Meghan Markle, so I'm kind of interested to see what, you know, like I've seen, yeah, on um, TikToks or whatever, about some of the jokes he was making about, you know, Meghan Markle, and I was like, eh, you know, because they're they're in the news all the time, and being Canadian, I guess, I'm kind of more interested, I think, than, you know, maybe you would be, Kev, but, uh, yeah, anyway. I digress. Um, so that's all I have this week uh, for for news. Uh, Kevin, Lillian, did you guys have anything you wanted to throw out there for
3: geek news? Yep. Yeah. Can't remember if there's supposed to fit because there were a couple movie announcements that I was like stupidly excited about actually, um, and I can't remember if that goes here. It's been a while since I've done one of these.
1: It's a, it's all good if you, if you want to talk about uh, about trailers that you've seen, absolutely. I I, I seen one tonight for uh, I think it's an Apple Plus movie with uh, Chris Evans and Anna Diarmas. It's called I think it's called Ghosted. Um, it looks a lot of fun. I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, and then there's a trailer. Oh, what was that show called? It's based on a book series that I've never read, but, man... There's
3: a few. (laughs)
1: um, Silo. It's called Silo. And it's going to be on Apple Plus, May 5th. Um, It's like a post-apocalyptic future where people live in a silo, like below ground, because the Earth is contaminated. And it's been so long that people don't even know who built the silo that they're like, they have this whole community living underground. Um, To me, it kind of sounds like Logan's run almost ish. Um, So, um, and it looks like they have a good cast. Like, um, oh, what's her name? She's from Dune Um, uh, Ferguson. Um, Damn, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Um, uh, she played uh, uh, Paul's uh, mom on Dune. Um. Anyway, it', it good cast. It looks real. Re- looks like it's going to be a n- really interesting show. But anyway, Lillian, uh, what trailers did you want to? Did you watch that look interesting to you? They're remaking Peter Pan again. Oh Paul yeah. Is Hook. Yep.
3: Um, and it looks fun, but I mean, of course, you've got to remake Peter Pan. So I'm curious about that one because um, they, they have this one definitely, definitely like the Lost Boys are properly done because they weren't all boys before. Um, mm-hmm. Tiger Lily is indigenous. Um, I'm curious to see what, if, what they can do to make it different. Um, but I'm a big Peter Pan fan.
1: Yeah, I know there is some um, po- some controversy with that one uh in particular with Tinkerbell because they've they've yes. done the race swap thing with Tinkerbell. Um but you know, I don't think people should get uh, all this is just a version of Peter Pan. It doesn't take away any from the Disney animated version or or you know, Have people
3: You seen the new um People getting get fed. Have you seen the new Ninja Turtles
1: trailer? Yeah. I saw someone being like, oh,
3: they look so bad. I'm like, we grew up with the Ninja Turtles in like leathers. They were leather suited humans. Like,
1: yeah, the, the only issue that I've seen with that, and I kind of agree with it, was um, April, April O'Neil in this version is not only race swapped, but she's not very attractive. Whereas, you know, April in, in the comic books, or sorry, um, you know, the nineties version of, you know, the, um, cartoon, the movie, um, the newer movies, even with Megan Fox playing April O'Neil.
0: She's hot.
1: Yeah. Really A- supposed to be hot. April O'Neil is supposed to be hot and making her, I mean, I'm, you can totally race swap her, like, that's fine, but she still has to be, well, she doesn't have to be, but, I mean, traditionally, April O'Neil is a beautiful woman. Like, the turtles, you know, they all love her. You know, they're all in love with her. Um,
3: exactly. I mean, I would be happy even with a normal look. But I, mean, I don't know, April was always an effervescent TV reporter, so she looked like a TV reporter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious about that one.
1: Yeah, I'm curious too. Like I, I, I might still check it out. But but I know like in, in the comic books, like the more recent one, um, again they're trying to make April not attractive for some reason. But she's not a reporter in the new version. She was like a scientist or something. Um which is fine. But I think the original card original comic book she was also a scientist I think Um, well original original Eastman Laird she's black that is true
2: yeah now uh, they're black and white comics so you know it doesn't quite come across in the same way but I mean yeah she was intended to be black and then I don't know if it was the cartoon or you know when exactly got changed but then it did you know, change to, you know, the the yellow jumpsuit, which all TV reporters wear. Mm -hmm, Yes. But if if she's a TV reporter in a major city, then she has to be attractive. I don't care what nationality or whatever she is, she has to be attractive if she's on TV in a major market. That's just how the world works. The world with Ninja Turtles, too. You know? Um, And also... And she's going for Casey Jones. Like Casey Jones is a jacked athlete. He's going to have a beautiful woman too.
3: But uh, to be fair, however, beautiful. And just to clarify, we are not talking size, shape, ethnicity, no, uh, or anything. Like there are some very curvy,
2: gorgeous mm-hmm.
3: reporters out there. Like beauty. We're not saying that she has to be a skinny bombshell. We're just saying that it's just there's a, there's a suaveness to her. There's a there's a confident personality.
2: Yeah, there, there's a reason I will watch Spanish channel news sometimes, despite not knowing
1: <laughs> the language. Yep. Well, and, and
3: I need to stop yawning.
1: And the <laughs> thing, and the thing is like, why not just create a new character? If you're going to, if you're going to change a character that much, why not just create a new character? Like in, in the cartoon, like she had that friend that, who I think she was like the secretary. Irma. Irma yeah. Yeah. Like why not have, you know, that be the character, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, I don't know, it's kind of like the. We'll
3: the, definitely have to keep an eye on it.
1: Cause they did a uh, a Velma cartoon recently with mm-hmm. uh, Mandy Kaling, where, yeah, now she's like in. Like, it's bad. Yeah, I, I heard like it's not the fact, not even the fact that you know it's a race swap. It's you know whatever. But I guess it's, like, really mean. Like, it's It's mean-spirited.
3: There's a scene that always sticks in my head where Freddy is literally a child. Like, he can't even cut his own food on the plate. He has to get someone to cut it for him. And I was like, no, I'm done. This is stupid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't mind, you know, switching things up, trying different things. You know, like my, you know, like uh, that Fantastic Four movie that came out in 2016 with Michael B. Jordan playing Johnny Storm. I, I, I could buy into the fact that you know, like they're you know, like that Sue's, um, you know, uh, foster brother, whatever. Like, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm okay. Michael B. Jordan's a great actor. I'm, I, I'm okay with Johnny, uh, you know, doing the race swap. But if it's still a bad movie, that's not gonna, you know. It,
3: We're gonna call it a bad movie. Regardless of who's
1: in it. <laughs> well, I I, I like. I was really hoping that Fantastic Four movie was going to be good. I, I With finger, fingers crossed, I was really hoping for it. I'm still hoping for it. Like I'm hoping Marvel, the MCU, they do the Fantastic Four justice, because I think it could be such a great movie, if done properly.
3: And it's such a wonderful... They're some of the most amazing superheroes. Yeah. They're just... Oh, they're fun, 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 fun. Um, and I honestly, last but not least on the list of things that got me really excited this week, aside from Peter Pan and Ninja Turtles, was a Tetris movie starring Taron edgerton
1: Tetris, I'm stupidly movie.
3: excited about. Okay, so get this. I had to pull up the synopsis just because I'm not making this up. Okay. Yeah. So it basically tells the unbelievable story of how one of the world's most popular video games found its way to players. So the main uh, he Taron plays the the creator uh, who discovers Tetris in 1988 and then risks everything by traveling to the Soviet Union where he joins forces with the inventor to bring the game to the masses. He found the game, I guess someone made it. And so it says this movie is based on a true story. It's a Cold War era thriller on steroids with double crossing villains, unlikely heroes and a nail biting (laughs) race to the finish.
1: Excellent. And he, correct me if I'm wrong, he's the actor who played Elton John in Rocketman, right? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. I and like him. Yeah. And so
3: he, I i like him too, and I'm stupidly excited because Tetris is one of my favoriteest games on the planet. So I will be watching that.
1: Yeah, I i really liked Rocketman. Um, and yeah. he, like, he, like, not only was he good as Elton John, but I uh, go to go off of a quick tangent quick tangent here. I like Rocket Man because they tried like it was like a musical, and it didn't take itself too seriously. like you know, like you know that they changed things for the movie, but that's fine because I mean, in real life. Real life is not a musical. Like, people aren't breaking out in a song. Like, it's it doesn't... That's not reality, right? So that's why I like Man more than I like Bohemian Rhapsody, even though I really loved Rami Malik. I'm a huge Queen fan. But the, f- they, the fact that they changed history... Like, if anyone watches Bohemian Rhapsody, that is not actually how things really played out. Like... It's kind of true in some spots, but some of it, like the times, um, you know, have been changed up. Things were done for dramatic purposes. Whereas Rocket Man, you you know, this isn't the absolute. This isn't a biography, right? Like this is entertainment. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody, I think, unfortunately, people could take this. Oh, well, this is you know. You know, it was right before you know Live Aid that um he told told uh, his bandmates that he had AIDS. It's like, no, that's not actually what happened in real life. Um, it's it was a good movie, but not true. Whereas Rocket Man, of course, it was not true, but you you knew that while watching it. If that makes any sense. Um. But anyway, um. It's like when they did the Tina Turner movie. I guess uh, I think it was called "What's Love Got to Do with It," um, and I guess like she, like Tina Turner herself, watched it, and she was like, "It seems like like she she said if 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 they weren't using um, her name in that movie and the names of the people in her life, she wouldn't have known it was a movie about her." because it had it, been changed up so much. Um, but anyway, tangent over. He was a great actor rock Rockman. Love that movie. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, Kev, did you have anything before we move on to our brain candy segment? Uh, no.
2: Nope, but Funko's on the list, and we've already done that.
1: Excellent. All right, well, next we will move to our brain candy segment. So this is the segment where we talk about things that we've been reading, watching, uh, listening to whatever that we've been feeding our brain. And then we can make it a picker or a pen and let you know what, what we think. Um, so really quickly, uh, I'll knock through my, my list real quick. I watched the movie, a knock at the cabin. It was playing at my Ooh. local theater. It's a new M night Shyamalan movie. I liked it. I, I, I thought it was a great movie. Dave Bautista, love that guy, man. Like I I really felt for him felt for him in this movie. Um, I know people, you know, M Night Shyamalan movies can be very polarizing for people. Um, I for the most part I like his movies. You know, um, Sixth Sense. I really liked Unbreakable, Split, um, Signs. And uh, even Glass, you know, I, I, I thought Glass was a good movie. Um, I didn't like what they did with Bruce Willis in, at the end of that movie, but I digress. Uh, but he does have some stinkers, like the Avatar movie was terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, uh, Woman in the Water, I, there, there's that Woods movie... Then there was the trees killing people, or the pollen, or whatever. I, I can't remember what it was. The Mark Wahlberg one. I uh, didn't like that. But this one, really good. I really, really liked this movie. Um, it was only like an hour and a half, and that's all it needed to be. Um, but yeah, Dave Bautista, yeah. I, I felt for that, his character in this movie. Such a good movie. Um, I started watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This is one of those shows... That's always been on my radar. I know people that watch the show. I've, But um, I kind of, it it, it, it just, you know, the scenes and bloopers and stuff kept showing up on my YouTube and I kept, you know, checking it out. And then finally I'm like, you know what? I got to watch the show. Same thing happened with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Same thing happened with The Office. Uh, so now I'm watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm on season three. Um, very funny. Danny DeVito's great. Uh, Nineteen Twenty Three uh, season one just ended, and I already can't wait for season two. Like this, it's such a great show. Harrison Ford, amazing. Uh, Helen Mirren, amazing. Um, they they did such a good job. Season three of the Mandalorian just started. I like the first episode. I'm told episode two is even better. I haven't seen it. That come at this time of this recording, it comes out tomorrow looking forward to it and an update on on season three of star trek picard i just watched episode three last week episode four comes out this thursday um it is better it's it's a lot better uh this season um i still i still don't it's still too darkly lit for me um i As I mentioned in our our pop culture pub episode, when I talk, uh, uh, one of my nitpicks about modern media is the reliance on CGI sets and stuff. And this show just has way too much CGI in it for my liking. And again, um, people uh, people get killed every episode. Like there's just no respect for life in modern Star Trek. And the season is better. I'm 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 I am saying that it is better but it still doesn't feel like the next generation to me like this this this, doesn't I I'm just I'm just imagining this takes place in the discovery universe like it's like this is the same characters but this isn't the same universe that I watched as a kid anyway uh, Lillian, what do you have this week for, for Brain Candy?
3: Um, So, my life has been eaten by Dungeons & Dragons, um, essentially. Um, nice. I made friends with, uh, there's this amazing, on the coast, um, that they do live stream games of their their own homebrew. And so I've been watching basically their games nonstop oh. of, and it's been really fun. Um, they're they're called Questline and they do some really cool content. And so basically I've just been because there hasn't been anything on Netflix Prime or anything Disney that I've really wanted to watch. So it's been neat watching what they're putting out. Um, I did end up. up did, did I watch something? everything's terrible everything is terrible i've been watching copious amounts of gabby's dollhouse thanks to gwen Uh, but otherwise i'm kind of at a loss like there's oh 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 we watched violent nights dan's been waiting for that christmas movie to stop being 25 dollars to rent yeah and it finally dropped and so we watched it the other night with a friend of his of ours And it was amazing, and it is now our favorite Christmas movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
3: It's so good. Um, Honestly, it's just so good. Come on, a Viking Santa, just John Leguizamo. It's genius. That was that was a highlight. Um, But I mean, otherwise, uh, rookie. We've been keeping up with Nathan Fillion show the rookie, and that I mean is always fun and always good. Although it is getting a little... Have you ever watched a show where you're attached to the characters and you're just waiting for one of them? Someone has to die. Mm-hmm. Like, something bad has to happen. And it's getting to the point where after every episode, you know that no one's going to die. Everyone's fine. They're dealing with a bomb threat or Ebola or a natural disaster. And somehow they're fine at the end of the day. Like It's very... Well, actually, it's very Star Trekky never
1: mind <laughs> well it it's the way Star Trek should be, not the way Star Trek yeah. is currently because now it seems like everyone dies, and you know not like maybe not the principal cast, but someone beside them's dying horribly well and I don't.
3: Yep. So the formula for
1: television these days just really has been fresh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Kev, what do you have this week for, for Brain Candy?
2: All right. So um, I watched something this week uh, for homework for another podcast. That I haven't watched in 25 years, probably. And I watched Hitman Hart Wrestling with Shadows. Nice. This was Canadian legend and icon, Brett Hitman Hart. A film crew was following him around for a year, and it turned yep. out to be the year when everything bad happened.
0: Yep.
3: I think yep. I've met him. a nice person.
2: Yep. He is. He is. And and so I watched this, you know, when it first came out, and it's the infamous Montreal screw job. It's it's Vince McMahon and WWE screwing over Bret in Canada. But watching it now, with life experiences I've had, it's it's a movie about fathers and sons, mm-hmm. and the sins of the father, because. Brett has two dads in this. He has his actual father and he has Vince McMahon as a father figure. Yep. And he hurts himself and sacrifices himself to try to make his dad happy. Yep. And it's for nothing. And then Brett, uh, for a lot of these scenes, he's bringing his son on the road with him. And you see his son reacting to these things, too. And it's like, oh, my God, the sins of the father. Like, what's going to happen to him? Yeah. Oh, yep. it hit me so much differently now as an adult. Like, even more impactful, I think. So I loved watching that again. It was just re-release on this, uh, like, niche cult um, DVD company called uh, Vinegar Syndrome, something like that. And... It already skyrocketed up to like eighty dollars a copy on eBay. Really? But yeah, yeah. But I found I found the whole documentary on YouTube, and just rewatched on there. Someone's got like a VHS rip or whatever on there. But huh. yeah, if, if you haven't seen that, well, well worth watching again.
1: Oh yeah, it's got to be at and least the, twenty years since I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Got it was it was so worth watching.
2: Uh, and then I did something for the first time ever in the past week. I played my first Dungeons & Dragons game. Nice. nice.
3: What? Okay, you need to tell me what was your character. <laughs> All
2: right, so I've never, ever, ever played. Always wanted to. Um, my, my parents kind of bought into the, you know, satanic panic, panic of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you got to be careful of that and all. And, you know, they've come down on lots of things. And I think they realize it's a game, you know, like there's just some bad press. There's a dumb Tom Hanks made for TV movie that you all believed for some reason. Um, but one of my friends that I met through wrestling, he does it over Discord. And so he's in New York and uh, the rest of the people that he plays with are all over the country. And they'll just get together once a week and, you know, do their, you know, round of their campaign, come back the next week or so. And when they get to the end of the campaign, no matter how long it lasts, then they switch up who's a DM and, you know, who isn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, and who plays regular there. So it was super interesting for all of it. And uh, I interviewed him for a podcast like over a year ago. Like, eh, Yeah, maybe a year ago that we were talking about it. And he said, um, you know, that he wants me to do it at some point. And then he randomly messaged me and said, I'm doing an episode of all new people. So it's going to be three new people and myself as DM and we'll, you know, play around for a couple hours and just see how it goes. Mm -hmm. So uh, D&D Beyond, completely free site. There was Roll20, I think, was a completely free site. And all this, all these sites help you set up your, your character profile and your information and your points and everything. And then there's like a Google Chrome extension that is what you roll your dice with <laughs> for the game. And we all went on a Discord server and, and discussed it and he recorded it over there. I had a freaking blast. I mean, I, I was like, thankfully he's an experienced player mm. and him being the, the dungeon master there, the DM, it just held our hands through the whole thing, you know? But then as we got played more and more, it's like, okay, I gotta do this. I gotta do that and all. And he even said, when we took a quick break about halfway through, it's like, you guys are playing like you've played forever. Just the questions you're asking, the way you're moving this story along, the way you're interacting. He's like, you are all in for it. And it usually takes people like a lot of time to get to this level. Yeah. I've, I've, been listening to your podcast you know I've, I've listened to this I was kind of getting a good feel of it but if I knew I had you know like some night guaranteed for that I'd be free like three hours every week I'd probably try to keep playing and uh, you know either with him or if I could find like a local group or something mm-hmm. but that was one of the most fun gaming you know experiences I've ever had. i so glad. So fun. Oh, it was a blast. So I I, I end up being a druid. I wanted to I was like, alright, I don't want us all coming in as like elves or something. You know, like I, I was so worried we we're all gonna be like, oh what's the coolest thing? You know, alright, well not everyone can be that. Yeah. So I ended up going uh, creating a druid character, doing a little like, you know, Wordplay name for him. Um, I think did we all start out? I think we all started out as level five because he didn't want us to get our asses kicked immediately. And he just found like a quick campaign that you know he knew we could get done in one session there, just to teach all of us it. Um, but you know I, I keep looking back at the character sheet. I'm like, can I do this? Can I do that? And then I, I'm talking stuff through with him. I'm like, okay. I realize a bad thing's about to happen one way or another, because that's just the way this game goes. So I could do this, or I could do this. But I don't know if I can actually do either of them, so you have to talk me through this. (laughs) and, And we were just, all of us were having a blast with it. One of the guys couldn't, every any role he did was like the poorest role he could have. I swear if there was a way to roll a zero he would have.
3: Oh no <laughs> it
2: was so bad. every role he had was so bad. But then when it was okay, you're surrounded by enemies 20, 20, 20 every time. And so the joke became <laughs> which which I think he's saving for his character. It's like I have no skills but I can kill things really well. <laughs> oh, those are the best ways to do things. Oh, it was so much fun! Awesome. I'm
3: so happy to hear that. Congratulations on your first
2: D&D I, game. I loved it. I, I was talking to a coworker about it. He's like, "I haven't played since." Like, I haven't played since high school when we would all play during lunch. I was like, "Oh, you gotta go on these sites." I was like, "It's just so intuitive and smart for it." You know, like, for all of us to have our, our screens in front of us and doing it that way and it updating on its own for stuff. Uh, well, for the most part, not completely. But I was like, there's so much to keep track of, and this did a great job. And, I, and you know, I roll and it rolls on the screen. I didn't need to have, like, a box of different-sided dice, depending on what I had to do. It was all there on the screen. Oh, my God. It was a blast. A so, uh, friend of mine is... Um doing a special one-shot
3: tomorrow, and being an amazingly nice friend, I paid $20 to join, and
0: I made my first male character. Oh!
3: So I am playing a dwarf, Paladin, who is a hopeless romantic, and with everything I rolled, is also horribly Ah. awkward. Stupid strong, though. Like, I may not be graceful, but I can kill you.
2: In now, you said earlier you you were watching someone's campaign?
3: Yes. Um. So this group call, in Vancouver, uh, BC, called Questline, they just did, Uh. they have a new uh, homebrew one shot, or not homebrew, it's uh, four episodes, so they just did their first one tonight. And so it's two timelines running simultaneously, so they took a break, and then everybody came back, the cast came back, in entirely different costumes. Ooh. It's amazing, um, and they're just so much fun, and it's 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 really nice. It's called, um, if you go on YouTube and you look up Questliner Ready to Roll, the episodes are only an hour long to watch like that, or even some of them are just over an hour, some of them are under an hour, and it's just
2: so much fun, and it's so good. Well, I mean, not that I need more stuff to occupy my time, because I got, you know, stacks of things I haven't gotten to yet, but like I, I'm sitting here going, should I watch Critical Role? Okay, I know Will Wheaton was hosting some sort of gaming thing, was Dungeons and Dragons. Like I want to see more now, and oh, and just, and just learn and experience.
1: Well, it, yeah, I got to say that's not uh, not a rabbit hole I've ever went down, but I could definitely see There's
3: it. A Star Trek RPG that I think.
1: You yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm. I'm sure i i I, I just got I got too much stuff on the go like kev i I just uh-huh. but um there is a, oh, spe- well uh just real quick speaking of Dungeons and dragons there a an, uh, Dungeons and dragons movie coming out I believe this month yes,
3: yes there is no, it is coming out and, and it's amazing and it stars Chris Pine and michelle Rodriguez plays a barbarian who's addicted to potatoes. And it
2: just looks so fucked. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to see it so
1: bad now too. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I, like I seen the trailer for, like it. I think it must have been delayed because I swear I seen a trailer, like, a year ago. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, it's been delayed, but I mean, hopefully for good reasons. Hopefully, you know, whatever whatever changes they did, maybe made the movie better. But mm-hmm. it's definitely one I like just based on the trailer I saw a year ago. It's something that I definitely want to see, even though I don't know much about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but sorry, Kev, I interrupted you. What you before? Uh... No, 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 you're okay. Um, I was just going to say the uh,
2: the an update as well, um, continuing the year long read of Sandman, mm-hmm. and uh, for the past week was uh, the four one issue stories there which are four of the most famous and most quoted and most loved or whatever ones. I I think the collection, it's volume three. I think it's called brief lives. Yep. But I was reading the last story in that book, which is facade and something happened. I was, I was at work reading it and I just went, what the fuck? (laughs) And yelled over to one of my coworkers. He's read it like twice already.
0: Yeah,
2: and I go. I didn't know this person was showing up, and he got laughed. And he's like, "You didn't know?" I go, "No, I didn't know." I said, "This story is incredible." Then this this person shows up. So I haven't done with the issue yet. He's like, "No, you're not. No, you're because <laughs> he knows exactly <laughs> where I'm for." Yeah, but I've never screamed at work because I read something. <laughs> Excellent.
1: No, oh, that's good. That's good. I, I don't think I've gotten that far yet in Sandman, oh, but uh, yeah, I got to get back on that, that wagon.
2: That volume three collection has a cat story, uh, an acting story, a I don't even know what I would call facade. It's not quite a superhero story. And then, uh, um, shit, I'm missing one in there. Oh, Calliope. Holy shit. Oh, haunting story. It's just like the whole collection is just four one-issue stories, and every one of them will stick with you forever.
1: Excellent. All right. Well, I think we can call this a podcast, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the Internet. You can find me here at the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network we have an episode of Trek One Seven Zero One coming out in the not too distant future uh, where we will be discussing the next generation movies so the four TNG movies and um, I I suspect there's going to be a lot of nitpicking about those movies because there's a lot of things not quite right with those movies Uh, although I would preferred i'd pick those movies over what we're getting now but anyway i digress um lillian where can we find you
3: you can find me tucked away in the corner of the internet on twitter at uh talking squirrel that's talking without an a so it's talking squirrel come and say hello i eventually sometimes do remember those
1: things excellent and kevin where can we find you sir all right, you can find me across most social medias.
2: I'm at dot Masked com is my home blog. Uh, I do stuff sometimes over at the Retro Network. And when the podcast goes up of me playing D&D, I will share it with all of you as well.
1: Excellent. Look forward to seeing that. And um, so this episode of Geek Fallout Reloaded um, was recorded after we recorded our episode of pop culture pub but that episode of pop culture pub will actually go out after this episode so be on the lookout for that uh where kevin lillian and i are going to be nitpicking pop culture and that'll be here at the pop culture pub podcast network all right well on behalf of myself chris lockhart uh and uh my co-host kevin decent and lillian canelson i want to thank you dear listener for taking the time to listen to Geek Follow Reloaded. And we will see you again in the not too distant future.